Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! At box ce soir, Alexandre Vachon et Brandon Pitball. Oh, alors, Eric Nielsen, Jonathan Tremblay. Alors, Gord et Kevin Cormier. Oh. situation. There is a Cape Breton screaming eagle on the bench. He is on the bench in the middle of that pileup with the Teton. That is George Davis on the bench and he jumped right into the bench and that's what we're talking about. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Five in a Game. I am your host, Jordan. It is Tuesday and I hope everybody had an amazing weekend. Um, I just want to come on here to say um, the episodes are going to be dropping now every single Tuesday. Um, I'm going to only do one a week uh, for right now, uh, just because I got a couple things lined up and a couple things coming up. I just, you know, I really want everybody to get uh, the taste of the show. And before you hit this one, you know, you got you're always playing catch up. So we're just going to run a one show a week for right now. And if you're probably wondering why. It's on Tuesdays. Um, I made a post there the other day, and I just kind of explained it all a little bit. But in a nutshell, it's just there's other podcasters out there who do exactly what I do, touch on enforcers. And they come out on Mondays, and they drop episodes with interviews with players. And that's just something that they've been around longer than me. It's out of respect for them. I don't have to mention any names. I'm sure you guys know who it is. But uh, we've talked privately, and he said he gave me his good gracious no to post on Mondays. But I feel out of respect for the guy who's done this longer than me, the guys that's been out there, I feel that that is his day and I don't want anything to come across that. So I'm going to stick with Tuesdays. So going forward, five in a game will be out on Tuesdays going forward, guys. So like I said, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, I am a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows on the network. Every NHL team is represented. So go out there, guys, and check that out. Um, there's a te- definitely a podcast out there for you. Terry Ryan's on there. A couple other good ones on there. So definitely, guys, go out and check that out. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Fourth Line Voice. Uh, Darren out there uh, absolutely did an amazing job on the weekend. He just put one out on Rocky Thompson, uh, player spotlight. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, Darren's one of the reasons why this thing's got off the ground because I had a, such a good time on his podcast. I decided to make one of my own. Um, definitely check him out. Another guy, Five for Fighting, Alec over there. He's got, he touches on like the ECHL. Um, he's got some stuff going on there, but you know what? He's amazing at what he does, and it's an amazing podcast to listen to. So definitely go out and check that out. Also, go check out Joe Lazito over at the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. Amazing, amazing work that Joe does. Definitely, that's one you don't want to miss. Um, so definitely go check him out. Um, he's been great giving me, you know, we've been talking behind the scenes. Um, I just appreciate these guys so much because it gave me a platform to try to do this and, you know, do this with them. So thanks for having me on, guys, with you guys and doing our thing. And it's nothing but love on my end. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure you guys want to get right to it. Um, I had an amazing time with Ryan Hand, man. Absolute beauty of a dude. Like I said, he's one of my favorite players of all time, especially in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He is my favorite player. So um, I just want to say thanks for Hander to coming on. Um, this is part one of my interview with Ryan Hand. We talk about all kinds of different stuff, so you guys are definitely going to dig this episode. So definitely tune in and check it out, and uh, check out part two um, when I drop that episode as well. So I'll get let you guys get right into it, guys. Have an amazing day, and enjoy the show. And this is my interview with Ryan Hand. 
Uh, welcome to another episode of Five in the Game. And today I got a huge guest on my show. I'm talking to former Vacamo Dracker. He's a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League legend, man. Um, Ryan Hand. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, sir. Thanks for having me on, man. No, I really appreciate it, buddy. Um, uh, this is pretty big, a uh, pretty big deal. I don't want to say it, but like it's a fanboy thing for me. I was a huge fan of yours in the queue, man. So, like I said, this means a lot to me that you're here, and I'm. Looking forward to going to your career, man. Well, awesome. Me too, man. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, uh, so let's start right from the beginning. Hander, where did you grow up uh, playing hockey? Uh, I grew up in Ottawa, from the Ottawa, Ontario area. Grew up playing minor hockey. The uh, Boston area. Didn't really play double-A until I was in minor Burnham. Then I ended up playing Major Bantam, was the captain of my squad. Then I ended up going for Major Bantam right to uh, Junior B. So I went up to Junior B. I'd been in a couple scraps before and got in a scrap with <laughs> the 21-year-old heavyweight guy in, uh, in training camp. And everybody was like, who the fuck is this kid? Coming in at 16, <laughs> just the big balls, just ready to go anybody. So it wasn't really, uh, wasn't really something I was looking for. It was just I played a certain style that, you know, once I started playing against the older guys and I was running around hitting guys, there's always somebody that's going to come come knocking. So, yeah, no, for sure, man. I'm uh, I see, I see here um in 2002, 2003, uh, the Quebec, what is it, Quebec Junior AAA Hockey League? Were you playing in Quebec? Yeah, well, actually, I uh, when I went from Junior B, I got in a scrap there. I was out in uh, in Clarence Creek one night. I ended up hitting this. Uh, he was pretty much one of the toughest guys in the league at the point. Like I said, I was 16. He came across the blue line, and I lit him up in the first period, and he didn't come back in the ice until the third. And they had last change, and I was going out to the face-off, and then he stepped out. It was like a movie slow-mo, him just skating right to me, eyes glued on me, yelling at me, let's go, we're, let's go, we're going to go. Well, I wasn't ready to go, this guy. I just kind of shook my head, no, no. Face-off in our zone, we in the puck back. I go back to get it. He takes a run at me, and I move to the side, and he hammers the glass. Gives me a tap on the back of the legs. I turn around. He drops his gloves. And he had cages back then. So he grabs onto me, and I grab two hands on his cage, and he just ragdolls me to the ice. And as I fall down, I rip his helmet off, and I stand up, and I just start teeing off on him, pull his jersey over his head, and I just <laughs> gave it to this guy. And ended up being a scout from Bay Como there. So he saw it. I was like, he's such a good kid. So he ended up watching me the yeah. rest of the year and gave me the opportunity to go out to, uh, to Bay Como the next year for training camp. So I went in. I wasn't expecting to make camp. I wasn't expecting to actually make it longer than 72 hours. So I ended yeah. up, uh, I went down to camp, and it was it was an interesting ride because obviously it's, I had no idea what to expect going in there. and. I had yeah, 100%. I was I was supposed to go back and play for Peterborough that year, so I was going down to Bay Como for the you know for the first cut. The scout from Peterborough area, he drove me down, and on the way down he gave me a list. You know, had everybody that was in training camp, and it had all these names highlighted. He said, every time you step on the ice, you have to challenge one of these guys. He said, everybody that can fight, you know, we want to see them fight. We want to see what you, you can do against these guys. Every single time you step on the ice, challenge someone. So yeah, I was literally <laughs> that's a different game going into training camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was only you know six one, one hundred and seventy five pounds. It wasn't there was absolutely nothing to me. Like I said, I was just planning. I bought enough clothes 
you know, for, for three days expecting to go and then head back to Peterborough with, uh, with the head coach there. So I ended up going in and then literally every single time I stepped on the ice, I just looked on the other side, challenged the biggest guy and I beat the piss out of everybody in camp. Like I just literally went through the whole list every single time I stepped on the ice and just dropped my gloves, got in a scrap, went back to the bench, handed me my stuff, stepped back on the ice and the coach couldn't cut me. <laughs> Like, I remember no, my dad. They said I had character and they're like, going to keep me around. They're going to see what I can do. So they put me in my first game and you know played against Shakutami. Uh, Pat Tessier, I think it was there, and see how we do against him. He's a big guy, and I did really well against him. So they kept me around for a while. Yeah. Until, uh, then it was uh, we got Terry Duville back, and then uh, yeah. later on, then that's when they basically. Gave me the, the gave me the choice because they were uh, they were top team in the league that year, so they gave me the choice. You know, if if we get as far as the Mem Cup, you know, we get the extra cards, we'll call you up. You stay close, we can affiliate you, kind of thing. So that's when I went to um, Quebec Junior Major or Quebec AAA there in Saint Stache. So I played for the Gladiators there for uh, for a bit. It wasn't really the greatest experience. We didn't have a great team, and you know, it didn't really end up that well. I got a more game suspension than I played there, <laughs> I believe. So then I ended up, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Some of the some of the scraps in that league that year, I was just coming off uh, you know, an early season in the queue, thinking I was the man, ready to go anybody, and just yeah, backed right. up and was ready to go at any time. And it was it was pretty crazy. From then, I went out to Dayton, Ohio. I'm sorry, yeah, I was going to ask I you about that. Yeah, how did you end up down there? Yes. Well, I ended up actually, sorry, I came home for a bit. I was playing, I played two games for Buckingham in, like, the Ottawa Junior B League, and I thought that I yep. could keep my affiliation because it was on the Quebec side. So I played yep. two games, and turns out I was an illegal player. Ended up getting, you know, I wasn't allowed to play there, so that's how I ended up going to Dayton, Ohio. So I went to the Continental okay. League Hockey League. I'll never forget, I was chatting with, a, with an old teammate about this recently. My, my first practice in Dayton, Ohio. We get out there and we're stretching and the coach is skating around. And he says, okay, guys, uh, so we got this new guy coming in today. He's a new, t- new tough guy. He's supposed to be pretty tough coming in from the Quebec Junior Major League. You know, but, you know, we already have this other tough guy. You know, points of the other team tough guy at the time. He goes, you know, there's only one way to find out who the toughest is. Let's go. Yeah. Like, literally right at the start of practice, we were all circling in the middle circle, and I stood up, dropped my gloves, and beat the brakes off this guy five minutes into my first practice with the team. So, oh, okay, my God. This, kid, this kid's for real. Yeah, he's not but playing. I, I yeah, finished, he's not playing. Yeah, yeah so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Like, that was, I got to meet some amazing people there. Still friends with, like I said, still friends oh. with some of the guys on that team. Um, had yeah. an incredible year, and then ended up going back the next year back to the queue. So that was when yeah. uh, that whole summer they were pumping up Pierre-Luc LeBlanc with Tourneau. He was the Golden Gloves boxer that was coming in. He was going to be the man. So that was, that was yeah, the big well, talk. So that was, that was the big thing for me was, was to get ready for camp and, you know, be ready for that guy because they were talking like this guy was going to be the next heavyweight champ of the league. So. Yeah, he had a lot of hype coming in, man. I I knew that one, uh, especially when I seen him play and stuff. Did you guys actually do it in training camp? Did you fight him? Yeah, well, we actually like they uh, like my 
my next training camp, I definitely wasn't as active as my as my first one. Everybody obviously knew who I was, so I just kind of sat back and was waiting. And then they basically right at the end, the last the red and white game, the last near squad game, they sold tickets for. So about halfway through the first period, they came and they kicked me, and they kicked him at the same time, and they said it's time to go. So the next shift, we both went out, went at center ice, and it was a pretty good go. I gave it to him pretty good. I remember. I think I broke his nose or gave him pretty bad. His nose was pretty bloodied up. He was on the trainer's table after, and I went in and gave him a little tap on the leg. And you know, from that point on, we had uh, definitely one of the toughest tandems in the league for sure. Oh man, for the top two, two toughest, like two tough guys on each team, you and him, man, were definitely it uh, for sure. Like, uh, so what you guys have to do, like rock paper scissors, or who you're going to fight that night? <laughs> I mean, it was. I, I I'd usually take the one. You know, you take the two or, you know, vice versa. It was, it was really, wouldn't really matter to us. The situation yeah. or whoever was out there would, would go if you had the opportunity to go. It was just, we were both ready to go at all times. He was a forward, I was a D. You know, yeah. it was, you know, we both played different minutes, different roles. So, you know, it was yeah. easier for him maybe to get into situations with somebody else on a similar line. So, yeah, it was good though, man. He was, all respect to that guy. He's, he did the job like a pro, you know, and got drafted. Ended up going to be an NHLer that's, that's still playing today. So nothing but respect and love for that guy. Yeah, Pierre Luke, man, PL three tough cat. Um, uh, that oh three oh four season, man. I'm gonna throw a couple names at you here. Um, uh, I actually saw one. Uh, this one, you fought Robin Richards twice. Oh yeah, Richie. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a good guy, tough guy too, man. Like I remember those guys. He was so much yeah, bigger. Yeah. Those guys were so much bigger than me back then, and that was a guy that was, he had size and, you know, just length, and he was just throw to, to kill every single time. So if I was standing with my chin up, I was paying the price, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, another guy, um, you know, another Quebec major in hockey, tough guy. Played it for a while. Alex Deshaun for Ramuski. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, uh, that was a good rivalry we had there, because obviously they yeah, Ramuski. You know, we were we were pretty close, and that was our biggest rivalry. So having him, you know, pair off every game that started in training camp, you know, right away I saw him, and it was, that was someone I I gladly beat up every single time I played. You know, it was, it was a good one for me because I knew he wasn't going to tie me up, and I was just going to be able to throw as many as I wanted, as fast as I wanted, right off that big chin. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, on he did it. Um. Another guy here I'm going to pick from uh, your flight card, Thomas Belmere. Another guy who's still doing it today. That's a big one, man. That guy kicked my ass. Yeah, he had <laughs> so he it a lot, man. Like, that guy, like, that was that was one of my only, the only real beatings I took in my whole life, to be honest, was was against Thomas Belmere. Funny story, I actually had, uh, had my girlfriend in town that weekend, and Friday night, I got in a fight with uh, with Legault from Lewiston, and yeah. I gave it to him real good. And I had all the confidence in the world going into the Saturday game or the Sunday game or the next night, and we were playing against Drummondville. And my girlfriend decides, okay, I'm going to go sit right beside the penalty box. So I get out there, and I just I, and I look over, and I see Belmar, and we do our square off, and he lines up as a lefty. And I'd never really fought a true lefty <laughs> like him. Square yeah. up with him and then went in on him and he just grabbed me and held me out and hit me with four or five and 
I turtled up and went down and ended up going to the box and having my girl sitting right beside me, like, look at that. It was pretty embarrassing. It's pretty joke now, but you know, it, was pretty, it was pretty butthurt at the time. Oh, hey, man, Thomas Bellamere is nothing to put your head down for. Cool. That guy's a tough cat still doing it. Still doing it today, man. He's the king of that league, too. Like, even at the end of my career, going back and seeing that guy line up against that guy, like, he's a a monster. Just a big man that's, man, he's a a dinosaur. There's not many like him. No, there's not, man. I I totally agree on that. Thomas Belmere right now runs that league, man. He's the shot caller for sure. For Um, sure. uh, Another couple guys this 03-04 season, man, Jimmy Benal. Oof, yeah, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy gave me a good one there for sure. It was uh, that was in Baycomo. We were going at it pretty good, and then right at the end, I actually tried. To, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but trying to get in like defensive mode, I tried to almost give him a judo flip, and he was like six four two, whatever two thirty five, and I was six one one eighty. So yeah. that didn't go too well. I got him up about halfway, <laughs> and then ended up. He just pancake landed right on top of me, and I ended up bashing my face off the ice and got cut up for what, six or seven stitches above my eye pretty good. So, oh, wow. wasn't a very good memory, but, uh, yeah, no, he's a, <laughs> he's a tough guy, too. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy was the toughest in the league, for sure, man. Like, he was, he ran the league, too. He was one of the toughest in the league then, and he went off to, to do some good things, too. Yeah, he did. Jimmy had a hell of a career, man. Definitely a tough guy. Um, uh, Another two guys I'm going to throw at you before we get out of this 0304. Um, Marty Doyle. Oof, yeah, Marty. Marty Doyle was. Uh, he had a. He, he was hard to knock down, eh? Hey. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got him good once. I got him good one time. But there was, uh, you know, there was another time he like, just waits you out, and like, he was one of those guys that scared me. That was before we had all the video. We were able to study, you know, personally yeah. on everybody. It was just going off, you know, what what the word on the street was and, you know, the, the report on him was he, he would tire, let you tire yourself out so you could swing on him and swing on him and then right when you run out of gas, he's going to come on hard and hit you with, you know, 10 of the biggest bombs and take you down. So that was the report on him and that was definitely true. <laughs> Tough to find out that way that when you run out of gas and you get a big guy like that, you know, throwing on him. So, you know, he's a big tough guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, um, uh, it's funny with the reports. Like you said, man, yeah, like back in those days, you basically have to hope they're telling you the truth. Yeah, exactly. Like you had the <laughs> forum, the, the fight forums that people would write, like, you know, a paragraph on each fight here and there, but didn't have yeah. the video technology back then. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, and the last guy I'm going to get you out of this season with is uh, Big Eric Nielsen. So, oh, yeah, that was... Uh, Man, that was that was a good one. That was that was big for not only for me but for for the team, for for the city even because you know Eric Nielsen was like a big home over whiskey. Like I said, the rivalry was huge, and that was a guy that just terrorized our team. And you know he was a tough guy that played that you know he ripped around the ice and yeah he was ready to go. And you know we fought in Bay Como and I gave it to him real good. Ended up you know he was leaking from his nose. But that was that was he was all over the papers. It was it was big for everybody for for me to establish myself in Bay Como, especially you know from that guy. I remember even when he was trying to trade for me after. I remember hearing that they were trying to trade for me for the rest of the year, trying to get me. 
then Nielsen ended up getting mono or missing some time after, and you know that guy was man, he's <laughs> what a beast that guy was, man. He was the guy that oh. did it. You know, the long hair and just he threw with 150 percent power every single one, and the guys that he fought later on in his career too, like man, that guy's he's a legend too. Yeah, Eric Nielsen is, man. I remember there used to be the video out there. I don't, I don't know whatever happened to it, but i seen one of your fights. It was off the face-off draw. I think it yeah, opened the game. Cool. Yeah, opening face-off. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, a good no, one. Yeah, you're fucking right to us, man. Sick one. Um, before I get into this one, I just, I, like, preseason fights and stuff aren't really on there for that era, but did you ever run into Jonathan Trombley? Oh, yeah. I did get into. I got actually preseason. I believe it was. I got in with him and Wantalock. Oh yeah, that big, he was like from Slovakia or something. Oh man, that guy was crazy. That guy Monster, was monster. Work on him, like. But now Trombley, yeah, I, I did get a fight against him. He wasn't much of a fight because like I was only <laughs> as much as his leg. But he grabbed me and pulled <laughs> me in, and as he pulled me in, he hit me with one or two, and. I, I might have got in one, and then we just rolled on the ice for a bit. But luckily, I got in the out one. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Like he, they, they all say it. he's like he one of the toughest dudes ever be in there, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was. Yeah, for yeah, sure. He, he hit, he hit Bono and like split his visor and dropped to do his knees or something. And, like, oh yeah, no man, he uh, he used to drill people, man. Like, oh, uh, it was like he just planted the skates and just. Let the left go. Um, I'm yeah. going to the 04-05 season here now. Um, 70 games played. Um, you got 213 penalty minutes, 18 fights this year. So some of the guys are, you know, some of the same that you fight the year before, obviously. But I picked a couple different ones I'll throw at you. Um, Charles Fontaine. Yeah, Charles Fontaine. Um, he was a guy that uh, I don't know if he liked doing that job. He was just a guy that yapped a lot. Yeah. That tried that. Big hitter. That, uh, yeah, he was a hitter that tried to, you know, play that intimidation role. You know, for me, that's, I wasn't easily intimidated. And that was a guy that, you know, I would go back at and try to get going and it would take a lot for him to go me. Even later on, playing against him in the senior league, like that's a guy that, you know, that talks a lot, that's, he picks his spots. So yeah, more of a yeah, yeah. I see. I now I don't know if you remember this or you even meant to do this. I think it was against Charles Fontaine. You fought him in Cape Breton, or it was Marc Andre Bernier. But your visor. Did you ever like alter your gear or anything like that? Because it seemed like one day uh, you went down and went to get back up, and he went to throw an uppercut, and you like adjusted your visor, and it perfectly covered your face. I don't know if you remember doing that, but I remember watching that happen. I was like, what the fuck has happened? No, I don't. <laughs> Definitely didn't alter my gear. <laughs> so it was shield. just like, yeah, yeah like it was visor. It was like perfect. <laughs> um, wish I would have had that. That would have been nice. Maybe, maybe I still yeah. would have been pretty. <laughs> um I just remember seeing it, man. It must have just, is this the way it worked? Maybe it was bang a lot of it on. I was like, oh my fuck, you just pulled the visor to cover his whole face. That's a smart move. Um, another guy here, uh, Brandon Tidball. Yeah, Brandon Tidball. He was uh, both Tidballs, man. <laughs> both those Tidballs were, were both tough customers. 
Yeah. Both, both loved doing their job. Both of them were uh, both ready to go at all times. Both tough Western Canada boys came in. Just that was their job, and they accepted their role and were happy to do it. They were, yeah. Fight anybody at any time. It wouldn't matter. You'd see they were hurt. They wouldn't even care. They were ready to go. Yeah, I know Curtis. I found like I got to see Curtis a lot more, man, than Brandon. But them boys, they don't they don't say no. Yeah, um, for sure. You had a uh, fight against David Starenke. <laughs> yeah, Starenke was uh, that was a that was one that was a home game for me. So I. Yeah. I was hoping to put on a good show. I was trying to get the scrap, and it was tougher for me to get a scrap that game for some reason. And then finally, when Strike did drop with me, he was he was holding on. You posted that video a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was holding on and kind of seatbelt to me and seatbelt me. I was trying to go open like back in back in the Q days. That was my style. Just I'm going to try to hit you with five. You can hit me with one. You know, yeah. he, was, he was holding on, holding on, and I just, I remember grabbing him and just pushing him out saying, hit me, you pussy, and then he hit me once, and I said, again, let's go, and I gave him, like, two or three punches, and then came on at the end and ended up giving him, and then the whole side of my face was all swollen, so it was, it was kind of stupid, honestly, <laughs> give someone shots like that, and looking back, I probably wasn't the best decision, but, you know, at the time, I thought I was trying to put on a show for, uh, to my friends and family, because Gatineau to Ottawa, that was my home game, right? So I'd, yeah. everybody that would come and watch me would be coming to that game. So I was looking to put on a good one, and <laughs> it was yeah. a little disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, this season here is actually when you run into this guy who you fight an awful lot, and that's Eric Lizon, a former guest on the show. What was it, uh, what was it like fighting Lizon? Uh, Lizon's, uh, he's different because he's such an unorthodox, let's say, like, just a different hockey fighter, had no style, would just come in and put his hands at his side, look to throw, and just such long, long arms and just all rights, you know, he had, he had the power, obviously, to, to take you down, and, you know, that was, that was tough for sure. Yeah, he uh, he actually shared a story on the show when he was on his way to go get his check, and uh, you were there and made him spill his coffee. Would you hit the side of the bus or the building or something? And oh no, I mean, that was oh man. So that was uh, what was like a third one, I think, third or fourth. Anyways, we uh, we were on the ice in Victor, in Victor, Victoriaville, and he was skating. Or we were. I was in the corner. It was kind of the start of practice, messing around. And he was walking around the corner, like around the boards, to go to the opposite side. And just as he was behind the net, I ripped the puck off the glass. And he was holding his coffee. And, like, he had his coffee on. He was wearing a basketball jersey, thinking he's a man. And, like, the coffee, there wasn't a drop left in the cup, man. The entire coffee was <laughs> all over him. And, like, I thought it was the funniest thing. The entire, like, all my boys right there, I thought it was, the funniest thing ever until I got to warm up and I saw the look on that guy's face. I swear to you, that you is knew. the only, oh, that's the only time in my entire life, the, the only fight I've ever had that I knew I was going to lose. That really? guy's mouth. He was foaming at the mouth, bro. He had 
like, yeah, he was, I'm going to kill you, blah, 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 like, barking at me. I remember, like, I have vivid memories sitting in the corner in the room, and Victor, like, what the fuck, man? Like, like oh, you're right? I'm like, yeah, man, like, this is, this is making me really nervous. You know, like, what, what, you? Like, like yeah, like, this is not going to end well. Sure shit, he fucking <laughs> shot me down. Like, he hit me, we were going to exchange at the start, and hit me with one that put me on my ass, and then I bounced right back up. By the time I bounced up, yeah, he was yeah. on the way to the box, like, stepped over the board, like, fucking, like he won the belt. I just, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't a good one. That's and it sucks because that's the only one that really has me losing on YouTube, really. And that's the one. That I was just gonna say that people are like, yeah, oh, I've I never saw seen that yet. fight. Another thing like that again. I saw that fight against Lies. 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 I'm like, oh, shut up. Don't even. Did you like did that coach? Where like, hey, coach, I saw that. I'm like, and y'all, I know which one you're talking about. Like, there's actually a story behind that, guys. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, yeah. Like, no, that was legit. Like, I swear that was the only one that I've ever, before a fight, been like, fuck. Like, I've, I, I always preach to anybody I talk to, it's, you know, mental toughness, being prepared, yeah. you know, having confidence in your abilities, and it wouldn't have mattered that I was, there was zero percent chance I was winning that one. He was, <laughs> you were a fish out of water on that one, eh? Oh, oh for sure. For sure. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the same mentality I took into every fight after that was, you know, I'm going to beat you. There's no way you're going to win. And ultimately that helped me. Right? I was going in with that confidence every time. And so Yeah. No, you could tell, man. Like, um, you watch, like I watched a lot of fights over the years. And when watching you fight, man, you can tell, like, there's you, there was no doubt in your mind. You can just tell by the, the body language on you. And, the, and, like, when you're squaring off, you're pretty confident, man. Yeah, definitely, and like I said, that came from a lot of preparation. I think later on in my career, when technology was available, I was, you know, I was watching so much video, knowing exactly who they had, their top four fighters, five fighters, how they fought, what they did, how they squared off, their ready lefty. There was nothing that, you know, so that gave me the confidence, you know, being able yeah. to go in. Like I, I coach now, and I'm watching, you know, their power play. It's the same thing I was watching you know, how these guys, you know, performed, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's definitely a whole new world, and that definitely helped, uh, help you out, especially in your role, uh, the video, man. Um, definitely. Another guy I'm going to throw at you right here, man, big dude, Guillaume Desbaudet. Uh, that one, I don't think was much of a fight. Like, that was a big game, right? He's, uh, yeah, Miranda Randa, maybe. I think that's where he was at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, uh, <laughs> I have actually a picture of that one. That was in the brawl. I think that was at, like, the end of the game. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, I have pictures of that in a brawl of me, like, on top of him, pounding him. <laughs> yeah, he was a big, tall dude, man. What was he, like, 6'4"? Yeah, he was a big guy, but he wasn't really much of a, a guy that was looking to fight all the, the top fighters. He was a guy that was looking to go, like, our... You know, Jean-François Jacques, who was, you know, yeah. a top, top player that would play physical, but, you know, he was looking to, to fight those guys. He wasn't looking to fight me or LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Jacques was a top cat, man. He went on and played in the NHL. Who? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a tough cat, man. I remember him. Um, yeah, he was, he was a man amongst boys back then. Like, 
Okay. Yeah, he was. He did. He even looked the part. He just looked yeah, like he was he, thirty at like seventeen. <laughs> and uh, he would come on the ice and make homo before the game, and he'd step on the ice in the red line in his flippers, and he would just take the little wristers and he hit like bar down every single shot from the fucking red line on the wow. ice, standing there in his flippers, just ripping it like <laughs> half of yeah, the This is back then. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. He was a big dude, man. Um, one more I'm going to get you for before we hit the next one is Alexander Manal. Ramparts. Um, you know, yeah. He was a little guy, eh? He was. Yeah, he, he was a gamer. Yeah, yeah he, he was. Yeah, he was. For well. sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I beat him up pretty good a couple times. Yeah. That was a guy. Like, they had him. They had uh, was it Chambers. Yeah, Tyler Chambers. I was actually going to ask you Tyler about him, Chambers. too. Yeah. 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 He was a tough guy, too, man. I think he was tougher. Then you know, but it was just it, it really, like I said earlier, it depended who I was lined up against, who I was on the ice with. It depends who, if you know, LeBlanc was out there first, and you know, yeah. was out there, they would go. Or you know, I had the luxury of having him, you know, being able to take whoever I didn't take. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so now you're not doing it twice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, man. Yeah, he's a little firecracker for sure. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to your 2005-2006. You only played six, uh, 16 games this year. Hey, were you struggling with an injury or anything that year? No, that year I uh, ended up leaving the team. That was, uh, it was kind of a complicated year. They actually yeah. ended up coming. They made a movie on our team that year, and it was a disaster. They just, the way they treated us that year was, there's something else, man. Like we had, uh, we had played in Gatineau. We got pumped, and then we got back at home. And uh, like we ended up, I was trying to fight uh, the guy from Balboa. Wouldn't go, man. He was Pichet. Uh, oh, Benoit Pichet, yeah. He was. I was trying to go him, or wouldn't go me. And then after the second period, we got booed at home, and I went in and you know pulled a little snapshot, trying to fire the boys up. And like we, we didn't even have a captain at that point. So before the game, instead of having the board with the, the lineup, it just said, we, we need a leader. Who's going to step up? So it was kind of like maybe like this is my leader moment, kind of like check, put these guys in a check. I went around, kind of called out a few of the guys. And then yeah. after the game, we ended up having to run through the lobby, downstairs, upstairs through the bar, through the, through the stands, down through the lobby, like, continuously after the game in our ditch just because we lost and our coach was being a prick. So as we're going yeah. by in the lobby downstairs, the first time through, whatever, one of the first times through, I see um, Buddy that I was trying to scrap all game, and he's standing there with a couple of the girls, and he's laughing at us, and he laughs at me, he points. So the next time, as we're coming down the stairs, I'm like, you know, throw me that bottle. Scott throws me the bottle. So I come around the corner, and he's standing there, and I screw the top off the bottle, and I just... Unloaded the full water bottle all over this guy in his suit. I grabbed him and flipped him to the ground. I just started hammering on this guy. Our trainer comes, grabs me, like breaks, breaks it up, throws me on the room. He's like, "Get down there!" So coach comes in. He's like, "Go home. We'll talk tomorrow." So then um, the next day we had picture day, and 
we're all there, it's supposed to be 9 o'clock pictures, and it's like 9.35. We're sitting in the room, and like everybody's ready. All, all the French guys have already done their hair, fuck, everybody's ready to go. And the coach walks in, opens the door, swings it open, and goes, all right, everybody, picture, let's go. Points at me, goes, except for you, you stay here, go home, I'll call you later. So, no fucking way. Seriously? Like, what's this all about? And then ends up telling me I intimidated the team and can't have that, and then what I pulled afterwards is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. We're going to find you a home. We're going to trade you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, perfect. And then yeah. the next the next day they put in a journal to come back like a full page just bashing me. Oh, that's that bullshit. Like, now, hey, is this the same... same um uh, same people who were with you from, from when you started with Bacon Mall? Like, is this the same man- team management, or is this different? It, we had we had a different... Uh, Eric Messier came on as uh, as one of the assistants. Yeah. But we still had... Uh, we had Eric Dubois, who was the head coach. And he's okay. still the same. Like, the, the big thing... Like, and the, the problem was, like... I, I've never actually watched it, but they made a movie on my team that year. So they actually ended up going around to all the teams the year before to see who would make the best movie, like what team, what what players, what characters would make the best movie. And then they came to Bay Como and they met me. And they were like, we're going to do this movie on you. So they came to my house. They came to my house in the summertime. Like I had this couple. They were going to follow the team. They wanted to legit make this whole thing. The movie's called Junior. But they ended up, yeah. they said they wanted to make it all about me and have, like, oh, they had me, I was talking to I had a 1982 Chrysler Cordoba. This thing was a fucking yeah. white Batmobile. They had me cruising <laughs> in the town on that, bumping my tunes, like, they were riding on the front, they had the camera on the front. Oh, man, it was, it was jokes. Legit. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, dude. And then they ended up, I, like, I've never even watched the movie, but they ended up, they kicked me off the team, and they kicked the other, they, the other white, or, like, the other, uh, English guy, they, uh, they they said they were going to trade him back to Halifax, and they screwed him over and ended up trading him to Shikudami. So it was it was a messy messy experience that last year, and ended up going and living uh, living on a on a reserve in Brantford, playing yeah. for the Golden Eagles for the last uh, yeah you know, I my see that. career. That you know what that's heartbreaking, man. Because like I said, I've always been a huge fan of yours, going to the queue, and uh, what you did, man, in those years that you were there. That's a bullshit ending. Because like yeah. you busted your like you got broken bones for that shit. You got the hardest job, in my opinion, in, in hockey, and you're doing it for the the logo on the front. You know what I mean? And to have that bad of a ending is bullshit. Because like you were a, you were a gamer yourself, man. Like fuck. Yeah, it's too bad, but I mean, everything happens for a reason, and like, you know, it's it's a learning experience, right? Made, made me who I am today. Yeah, no, for sure. So, my question for you is why you're playing for the the Golden Eagles? Do you you the next year? You know where I'm going with this one. Um, you go to the LNAH, bro. How the fuck did you get there? And did you know what, like, what to expect? What was going on over there at this point? Like, how did you go from, well, you're 20 years old going to the LNAH? Well, I actually it started before that because I got drafted 
I had never even heard of this league before. And I got okay, drafted. Yeah. I got drafted by St. Hyacinth, and I went down to Corpus Christi. So I started in the yeah. Central League in Corpus Christi, and like I was going to make like it was five hundred and fifty bucks a, a week or five hundred whatever it was. Yeah, and then it was it wasn't that much, and like I was kind of just finished training camp. Was, wasn't really happy. wasn't really sure if I wanted to stay. And then I got mm-hmm. a call from Fred Trombley, who was the owner yeah. GM of the Top Design. In yeah. Center, who, who told me I would make five fifty a game, play two games on the weekend, come back one optional practice a week. I could live at home. Blah blah blah. I was like, oh, sweet, this sounds really good. Like I, he was checking all the boxes really off for sure. Yeah, I could come live at home, make some money. Yeah, you know, like a sense of the win, win, right? So, yeah. At that point, I I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> you know I, mean? I was gonna say, like, did you ever watch this league or like go like no. going through like your last year of the queue or like the second last year? Like, are you hearing about like no. the Quebec semi pro league by then? I think it wasn't the LNA Hakes. No, I I had no idea about that league at all. Like when when I got drafted, I was still like. And then I started hearing rumors, like, oh, they're guaranteeing this many fights. Like, oh, really? Like, you're going to play in that league? This league's crazy, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, what? what's going on? And then my first weekend, I'm, I walk into the room, and, you know, Fred Trombley was, like, 800 pounds. He's a <laughs> bald French guy. He owned Le Zipper, the, uh, one of the top strip clubs in Quebec at the time. So we yeah. had... All our beer girls, well, strippers, working like it was, it was a disaster, man. Like, <laughs> so I, I walk, in, I walk into the room, and this guy, he uh, comes and sits beside me, puts his arm, he's like, "And yeah, I draft you to be the showman of the league. This team, they got the showman of the league. It's John Mirasti." And I'm like, "What? What the fuck is this guy talking?" He's like, "You can fight him if you want." You don't have to, but it makes me very happy if you do. I'm like, okay, I'm like sure, <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm like, whatever, no problem. He's like, uh, okay, you, you do it? I'm like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. He's like, okay, okay. Gary, Gary wants to talk to you. He's talking about the coach. So you, you ever see the movie, uh, The Late Chiefs, where they live in the rank there? Yeah, yeah, they live there. They, yeah, they got like an apartment up at the, like one of the, it exactly. like an exit so, door for a fire exit. <laughs> right, right. So the coach in that movie is my coach for that team at that time. Oh, my God. Pierre Pate, he's a, he's a, like, four foot eight, just full of energy, bounce up walls. So he's like, Pierre wants to talk to you. So I walk in his office, knock on the door, I walk in. He fires over the desk. He comes around. He's like, hey, you fight me, You grab him. He, like, grabs me. He's like, you call him. He starts, like, showing me what to do. And I'm like, dude, get, get off me, man. I, like, push him back. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. He's like, okay, okay, no problem. So I walk out of the room. I start walking around the room. Everyone's come up to me. They're like, you're going to fight John Marassi? You're going you're gonna to fight Marassi? I'm like, who the fuck is this Marassi guy? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> Why is everybody like, so did, nervous? <laughs> did not phase me at all. Like, not even in the slightest. I had no idea what the fuck I was getting into. I was 20 years old. Like, yeah, whatever. Right. No, whatever. I'll go, I'll go anybody. So I get out and warm up, and I'm like, I'm on my... You know, I'm skating around, and I'm looking, and looking on the other side, and I'm looking for Marassi. I have no idea who this Marassi guy is, right? Yeah. So 
I'm looking, and then I stop at the red, and I'm looking, and then all of a sudden I look to the opposite side of the red, and I see this one, like, bowling ball with a tinted visor. Stand up, 51, Marasty. I'm like, oh, fuck, look at the size of that guy. Yeah. He's as wide as he is, tall, just massive, with a tinted yeah. visor. Just fucking takes, like, two, two little quick strides, and that's it, and he goes right off the ice. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, whatever. So then first shift, he's out there. Pierre gives me the kick, and I line up against him, and I give him a little push. I'm like, hey, you want to go? And he looks at me, and he like, looks up his visor at me, and he's like, fuck, you're just a fucking kid. And I push him, and like, I'm not a fucking pussy. So he just shakes his head at me, so I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, he's not going, that's cool. So I just look back yeah. at the puck, like, face-off's going to drop, so the puck drops. I take a stride towards the face-off, like, towards the inside there. He taps me on the shin pad, throws a stick like, all the way to the end, Throws the glove, throws the glove, throws his helmet, and it goes through a fucking blue to blue lap, like circling me like a fucking shark in water. Yeah. In my rink. And they're chanting, nasty, nasty, nasty. I'm like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? <laughs> Holy fuck. I'm looking around. Still I'm thinking like, about it, bro. I'm like, what the fuck? So I ended, that was one of my better fights in my life, I think. But like, we went toe to toe. Took a few, gave a few, and then he gave me a tap at the end. And like the ref comes in, the ref's like, "Fuck, man! Like, do you know who that is?" And I'm like, "No, man! I don't know like, no, I don't." I'm skating over, and like everybody's coming up to me as I'm going to the to the box. Like everybody's giving me five. Like, holy fuck, who's this kid? I'm like, "Yeah, like what's 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 going on, guys?" So pretty cool. That that fight actually made a uh, like there's a PHPA hockey card set. Called Bloody Enforcer Battles, and that I got site actually made that set. Yeah, so I have a copy of like that one that I got sent to me by a fan who had yeah. two of them, and they were both signed by Nerasti. So they're yeah. like, okay, if you can you can sign one, send it back. You can keep the other. So yeah. I kept the other, and I have the signed version of it. It's pretty cool. So talking yeah, a few no, other man, times, like he was uh, that guy was nuts, man. Like he was. Fought him after he fought he's got no fear, too, man. Like, no, that's that's a guy you can hit as hard as you can. He's not flinching. Yeah, it's like literally like he reminds me of just like concrete and hammers. If you want to keep swinging, it'll keep taking it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like for sure. It makes that makes that same sound too. Yeah, yeah. He's like. Yeah, being on the ice, man, like you said, your first time there fighting a guy like Marassi and, like, your hometown's chanting nasty. It's like the fucking Thunderdome. I'm glad you hear me. Like, holy oh, shit. And, like, and back then it was, like, those those games were packed. Yeah, they like, were full packed. houses. Those right? little French barns, like, you should have seen it. And when, like, when Marassi and Bossy fought, like, that was, like, everybody was talking about it. Everybody. Oh, yeah. like, we, we drove there to watch it. Like, that happened, like, three minutes into the game. One of them, Rasty, ended up bleeding on the ice a bit. Like, three-quarters of a rink, like, they was like they had an intermission. They came out and fucking cleaned the ice. Everybody went out for a smoke, got beer, like, came back, and then, like, the game resumed. <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like that's another day. It was, like, it was, like, five deep standing room. Like, it was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, bro, for sure. Um, yeah. Like, what's it like getting in your car to drive to the game for one of these, man? Like, you're on your way to the rink, and I'll throw this guy name at you just so we can talk about that, too. But, like, you're on your way to the rink, and Jock Stubbe is in town. 
man, like that guy was like. <laughs> well, that guy was a street fighter. So yeah, so he was. That guy was a bouncer at one of the bars in Quebec City, and the boys ended up going to the bar, and there was a huge brawl, and they saw this guy fucking beating up everybody in the bar, and like, hey, can you skate? So he's like, no, I've never skated before. So they like put some skates on. So that guy used to like step out on the ice and like hold the boards and then like push himself off the boards and grab them. Okay, grab me, let's go. And you grab them and then throw. That wasn't against me. He was we're more advanced than that. But that guy would—he was a big dude. That was. Yeah, he was. Tough to prepare for those. Yeah, for those ones it was more like. It wasn't like. Like, I sit back and I think about it now, like, just one weekend going from, you know, one guy to the next, it's like, now thinking about trying to do that now, like, I'd be, I'd be stressing all week. I had to fight one of those guys. You know, these yeah, guys, I know I'd gladly go on anybody at any time. You know, it's just such a different mentality. The game has changed. You know, it was more, you know, that, that was now. something I took, you know, I, I took so seriously my training in the summer, you know, to my preparation the day of, you know, yeah. I was, I was a well-oiled machine that was ready to go too. You know, I had to be, or I'd, I'd die. <laughs> you know, all that league would yeah. definitely separate the tough guys real quick, eh? From like the real well, ones, so like the guys, the pretenders, yeah. yeah. Especially back then, because like we would, I, I shit you not, we would have meetings before the game, where normally it's the power play. Like, we had a power play meeting, PK meeting, like, he come in forward, D, like, he'd come in and say, hey, boys, let's go. And he would walk in, and we would have, like, it would be the tough guys. So you'd have on one side, you'd have them, and you'd have them listed from, like, undercard to main event. And then on the other side, you'd have us. You would have us undercard and beside who you fight. And the coach would go through, and he'd be like, okay, this guy, okay, remember, this guy, He's a cheap shot. He's going to hit you when you're down. Okay, remember this guy? Okay, he's a lefty, okay? This guy here, like, that was our, like, pregame. So the coach would make the pairings. So, and if we did not fight who we had to, it would be a fucking deal getting so much shit because the owners were betting between them. Oh, okay, because that's what I'm going to say. Like, say, like, you had, like, I don't know, Roger Maxwell, but you fought Joel Tirio. That would be be a big fuck up there. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, there was one time I fought, I fought Parker, and he was supposed to fight somebody else, and I was supposed to fight somebody else, and I fought Derek Parker, and, like, they fucking brought me in, like, what the fuck? They got coaches, like, hammering the board, like, that says Parker fights him, him fights him, like. Oh. Didn't think that was the only time I ever fought. switched it up. Yeah. Who I, who, uh, the one time I fought who I wasn't supposed to. Every other time I thought exactly who I was, basically whatever I was told. So we had like a, a two-goal rule pretty much. As soon as, and it did not matter, as soon as there was a two-goal cushion, the fourth line, the fighters would step out on the ice, does not matter. If it was two minutes into the game and it was 2 nothing, or there's three seconds left in the game and they just scored an empty net goal to make it 3-1, it doesn't matter. As soon as there's two goals, I got in a fight. I was out there <laughs> trying to fight. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that's a different strategy to the team. Like, so your whole version of what you just played growing up until you got there was just like a fucking, 
like going to Mars and playing hockey. Like that's two different worlds, was, right? And and sometimes like I would literally sit there, so I would fight opening face off. So let's say we had yeah. six or seven fights off the opening face off. I would get go to the bench, you go to the penalty box, come back to the bench and sit there the entire game until they would score an empty net goal to make a 3-1 with 30 seconds left. And then our whole line would get out there, we'd all pair off one by one, and all fight right at the end of the game. Oh, my God. As soon as it was two goals, it wouldn't matter when. It was halfway through the second period, and it was like, oh, fuck, they just got a power play goal to make it 4-2. Okay, let's go. Or if it was well, like the other side, right at the buzzer. Right away. And it's like, right at the buzzer, like, as the buzzer goes, guess what, there's going to be a brawl because all five of us are going on the ice and there's not enough time for all five of us to get in a fight. So we're all going to go at the same time. Let's go. <laughs> so, like, what is it like, and to get into a line brawl or even a team brawl in the LNAH, man? Like, just getting in the Manetti League at all would be, like, your, your head's on a swivel. But, like, you're in the fucking uh, jungle so, there and, and there's all kinds of weapons around you. So, like... Okay, so here's a quick one for you. So we were we were playing against the Chiefs. So when we played against the Chiefs, so the first year that I was in that league, it was on um, RDS, the French TSN. And there was a bunch yep. of brawls and a bunch of stupid shit. So they took it off. So they made a new rule the next year. If your team started a bench-clearing brawl, it would be $10,000 fine. And if you just were involved, it would be a $5,000 fine. Okay. So the next okay. year we played in Saint Jean four times against the Chiefs. Yeah, we had four bench clearing brawls, so it cost us twenty thousand dollars <laughs> in fines just to go there. Like we were the, the best team first game of the yeah. season we won, and we yeah. were first place all the way through. We were the best team. We were the toughest team, and yeah. we were like we were the fucking we were the show. We would we yeah. we would always oh we had fucking seven, eight guys that would go there, yeah, we would always put on. So St. John would literally say, come in, there's going to be a bench clearing goal. So there's games we were not allowed to cross the blue line in warm-up because you could dress as many guys as you wanted in warm-up. They had fucking like 30 guys dressed up and they'd line up across the red line, taking swings at us, shooting pucks at you. And I'd go and I'd, I'd always post up right at my spot, right on the wing, right, right, up on, yeah. right at the red line. Nobody would touch me. Like, holy fuck, you got some balls, kid. I'm like, you're not going to touch me. Go ahead, do yeah, it. That's right. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, go ahead. And they, they would. Yeah, man, that's got to be intimidating, bro. So we had we had one game that one of our top one, we played them like home to home, and one of our top yeah. players hit one of their guys, one of their like skilled guys, right at the end of the game, like hit him against the glass, but like hit him really hard. So the next game the Chiefs put a bounty on this guy's head. So if anybody fucks him up, they get, you know, $50,000, whatever it was. Yeah. So we heard about Yeah, because they were tossing like, big they, money around back then, right? Oh, it was ridiculous, man. So they, the guy that, like, our guy hit their guy, right? So their guy that got hit was actually friends with our guy. So he told our guy, hey, man, like, you have kids, you can't play tonight. You're going to get fucked up. Yeah. Right. So our guy didn't play. So we're like, okay, it's fine. So they put it on another guy's head without telling us. Okay, that's fine. We'll just put it on this guy's head. So opening face off, 
opening face off. This fuck he's this guy lines up, goes up, he's he's got his chin up in the air, this little fucking five foot two kid, he stands up, the guy just blindsides fucking sucker punch, gets on top, he's strangling this guy, two hands around his neck, choking him like on top of him. Refs are coming oh in trying to break it up. So he gets kicked out and he's waving at the fans, he's blowing kisses to the fans, whatever. After that there was a right in front of their bench. Like, was like the next time he was out, there was literally a dog pile because one of the guys sucker punched him and it started like there was a dog pile and then the benches cleared and they would, like the Chiefs would literally, they would just take off their top half. So they'd be on the bench, see as shit would happen before they would jump on the ice, they would take off their shoulder pads and jerseys and they would just be running around. So like I'm holding one guy and all of a sudden, yeah. And then this one guy just just whipping around. This other guy just whipping around. Like I was, oh, it was bad, man. Like some of them were. Like there was one oh, time, I yeah. Was, one time my skate broke in Saint Jean, and I went to get my skate fixed. And I had, I had my skates off, and I just put them on, and they weren't even laced up. And we got in a bench going ball, and I had to tie them up without even like lacing them. And I just put them on, and I went out on the ice in a bench going ball. And I got paired up with Brandon Sugden. And I was in the room and I had no, like, I had no shoulder pads on. So he looks at me and he, like, takes, he's like, oh, okay. And he takes off his shoulder pads, takes off his jersey, takes everything off. And he's looking at me like, dude, look at my fucking skates. Like, you're going to pull me out. I'm going to fall there on my skates. So he, he yeah. didn't end up doing anything. But, like, it was crazy, man. Like, you, it's not like that, Brandon. It's not like that. This is how I was. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm just trying to come and be a peacekeeper here. I'm not trying to throw any. But, like, it was, like, we had been in, like, I'd probably been in, fuck, 10, at least, bench clearing balls. Like, four oh, bench clears. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I see them, in. I'm, like, just trying to visualize what it would be like on the ice, and it's just, like, full on, like, what the fuck do you do? Like, do you get your back against the glass so you can see everything coming at you, like, while, while trying to help people and fighting yourself? Like, that's got to be just, like, a what-the-fuck moment. Especially with all those animals yeah. running around. Yes, exactly. Um, you actually fight Brandon Sugden, though, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm going 107, 08, and I got the, I got you down here as you fought Brandon Sugden. Yeah, so that one, I, I actually I dropped my gloves, and before I dropped my because I was talking to him before, I it was, it was just start the game too, so I had my mouth guard in my glove. Yeah. So I dropped my gloves and I threw my gloves in front of the bench and I'm like, oh fuck, hold on a sec. And I went and I picked up my gloves and like I took my mouth guard out and I showed their bench and I'm like, look, I guess I'm gonna need this. And I put my mouth guard back in and I fucking threw my glove down and then scrapped him. But he had one of Big the last. Oh man, he had one of the most unique square offs. Like yeah. he had that like dangle and fuck that guy hit hard, man. Oh well, yeah, man. He like would hunch over. It looked like he'd like be like a fucking yeti on skates, man. Like he had like exactly. his top teeth missing and his mohawk, bro. So like, what's it like sitting like going center ice, looking across and seeing that guy? Like that's got to be an experience. Like you said, he was a tough dude, man. He he banged out a lot of people man, in the AHL. Yeah, in the, in the NHL too, right? He was a guy yeah. that. Uh... He's a guy that everybody feared. Like, they backed up the fucking Brinks truck for that guy. They paid that guy, and then that just started. You know, then you got McMorrow and all these other 
move out to come in and afterwards. You know, it was, yeah. it was crazy. Some of the guys that they brought in, like the Chiefs that year, was. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57 and the NFL Divisional Round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. You know, this year's Super Bowl got me on edge. The Bengals pulled out a big win. I mean, the Eagles are in there. I'm definitely going to have my eyes with the Bengals and the Chiefs. Like, I mean, that game there is anybody's ball game, but definitely some good games being played in the NFL this season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Or you play with Burnett was on that team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's it like oh, against that guy? Yeah, he's like a lifetime band man, <laughs> like dipping the net on the goalie. Like he was fucking got like he's passed away now. Like God rest his soul. But Brand Garrett Burnett man, like he went over there and it was like he was totally unplugged. I've never seen him so yeah, off the leash. Unbelievable. We had the similar situation. LP Charbonneau ran our goalie. He did like yeah, he was on like the egg. Oh, dude, he was he did something in like the the. The ref was bringing him back to the bench and brought him like two feet from the bench. And just as he was like going to step off the ice, the ref let go of him and he just went like a right hook and then just beeline straight at our goalie. And our goalie's sitting there looking at him like, You're not, what the fuck are you doing? You're not going to do this. And hit our goalie head on and knocked him back onto the crossbar, knocked the net back, like bench going oh my ball. God. Yeah, that's <laughs> another one. Anyway, that, that was one of the four. Like it was, oh man, it was nuts. I don't think you needed much of a reason back then to have a bench clearing brawl uh, in the LNAHA. It was pretty cool. But there were fights of warm up. You ever involved in a warm up one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got in a few in warm up. I got in one with uh, Mike Barhog in warm up. Oh my god. Got, uh, oh yeah, that guy was like seven feet tall. Oh no, I was just gonna say, man, it'd be basically like trying to swing at the, the your chimney. Yeah, so he, like, we were standing right at center ice, and he, like, stood right at, like, at the center dot, was just standing, facing his his zone, like, crouched over, just not fucking moving. So I backed up and, like, put my ass on his and was just kind of, like, I wasn't even trying to start it. I was just kind of trying to be jokes, right? And he, like, held onto his stick and just butt-ended me, like, drove his stick through his hand, like, right into my back. <laughs> so I just turned around and shed. And then his coach ended up coming. So I was like nose to nose with his coach, looking like, "Oh man, I'm gonna feel that much for sure." Yeah. Oh man. Like, <laughs> um, another guy you went at with this one is uh, Louis Bedard. Oh man. So yeah, Louis Bedard, I went with him a few times. There was actually one time we uh, we got in, in a line ball. So we were on a five-on-three. Like, they had just done some stupid shit. So we were on a five-on-three power play, and our coach put out three, like, three tough guys up front. So they put out – I was in three rivers. So they put out the dart, and, like, I lined up with him, and I was just feeding him in the corner. I had his jersey over his head, and I was feeding him. And he, like – he just yelled, like, hand, hand. Like, let us stop, stop, hand. So 
I kind of let up for one second, and the second that I let up, he pulled my jersey over my head and fucking popped me, and then started hitting me when I was on the ice. Fuck. So I missed. Oh yeah. So I missed a couple games, and like that was one of my like Eric Lizon, I'm gonna fuck you up moments. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> Like, I was so looking forward to that one. I had that one circled on my calendar. It was one of my first games back. And in warm-up, I crossed the red line. He stretched it like the blue line. And as we were skating, I literally crossed the whole red line, went right over to the blue line, in the zone and warm-up. And I was like, you're going to start the fucking game. And we're going right off the bat. And he looks at me and goes, I say when I fight. And I look at him like, I say if you don't start the game, you're the biggest fucking pussy in the league. And I just went back to my side. And I, like, took maybe four strides all warm-up. I just, like, coasted around, just staring at him in warm-up the whole time. Yeah, your boy. And, like, call, point, right? oh, he, and, like, he calls me up to the red line. He goes, hey, man, like, why are you so mad? What's wrong? And I'm like, and I'm like don't worry. I'm like, you didn't stop hitting me when I'm on the ice. I'm not going to stop fucking hitting you. So he, like, and I just turned around and fucking skated away from him. And he was, like, like I'm sure he felt like I did. So that, that was one of my favorite fights of all time. I Opening face-off, I put my helmet, my gloves, and my stick in the penalty box. Went to center yeah. ice, threw like two punches, knocked him on his back, and then hit him twice on the ice. I never hit guys when they're down. Yeah. And that guy I hammered, hammered a couple times. And then my celebration, the ref pulls me off of him. They're yelling at me. And I drop on my hand, I drop on my knees, put my hands up in the air, and interlock my fingers behind my head as I'm looking at their bench, just shaking my head. And they're like, their whole bench is just quiet with their mouth dropped. Like, holy fuck. I got up and skated across the ice back to my penalty box. Oh, you're feeling like a million dollars, eh? Oh, oh yeah. My dad said he'd give me some money, too. If I give me some money to beat him, but I'll give you more money if you knock him down, knock him out. I'm like, okay. So last thing I did for the box, I look up at my old man and give him a little cha-ching. <laughs> that's funny um, I don't have the guy's name actually written down that the guys want to ask you about but I remember the fight where Buddy's like just holding around your waist and like you're looking at the other team you got your hand there's a picture of it I believe um, and you're just like oh, that, shit, like looking at the yeah. team like what the fuck is this I think that was uh, Sebastian Roy Roy in uh, preseason that was after the yeah. year after Marasky left so Marasky left he went down and played in the American League and that's one of the guys they brought in, and I was just like, wow, man, like, this is the guy you brought in? So they didn't really, <laughs> the they didn't really succeed. Yeah. Uh, made a few guys there that they tried to bring in that I peppered, so. Yeah, well, that one there was funny, because right after you are done, like, looking at the bench, being like, what the fuck, you just make it rain on him after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just fucking teed off. I was like, oh. Um, yeah, poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, another guy here, Matthew Rabby. Yeah, Rabbi was, uh, he was a big dude, man. He was absolutely huge. Like, that was, that was one of the guys that the Chiefs had, like, Chiefs had, like, yeah, man, Bizormo, and Mashevsky, Lefebvre, Sugden, Bossy, Lionel. They were just, Burnett, exactly. Like, they were so loaded, man. And, And Rabbi was more like, like he was, he wasn't one of the main guys, but he was. You could not take that guy lightly because he was six five, like <laughs> shredded. 
Yeah, like you see him in that Chiefs documentary that we were talking about earlier, taping a stick, and the guy looks like a fucking bodybuilder. Oh, yeah, it's it's insane. Like, to think that I was 21, 22, like, I was 200 pounds going against these guys. Those were oh, even thinking twice. Like, these were, like, yeah. <laughs> veterans, veterans in the Quebec senior league getting you know, so many fights every night, every weekend. You know, like, yeah. I'm in there as a kid, like, not even, not even phased. Oh man, Bob's a steal, bro. Like Bob, this like that's what I mean. The twenty years all going over there. Um, one more I'm gonna throw at you before we head over to the, the next one, man. But Brandon Christian, big dude. Fuck man, that guy. I actually had the opportunity to play with that guy too, and like yeah, a lot, a lot of these a lot of these tough guys, man. Like a lot of these tough guys are so misunderstood. Like there's players like oh man, that guy he's crazy, but. You know, who's he going to talk to? You know, all these guys are all, whether it's the goalie, whether it's, you know, the tough guy that talks to nobody, they're all going to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, so I was able to, you know, chat with him a little bit. And, you know, he was a, he was an absolute monster, man. Rest in peace, yeah. too. That's another guy. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. He, uh, he, he was in, like, a little scrum. He fucking eye gouged me. He was like choking me. He was like, that's a guy that once you get on the ice, like he's gonna throw maybe two punches, lose his balance. You gotta be ready to to fall and not kill yourself, and then protect yeah. yourself when you're on the ice because he's gonna rip your eyes out. He's gonna pull your you know fish hook you. Yeah, he's gonna do anything he can. Like I had a scratch right through my eye one time from him. Yeah, well, no wonder he's like, and he's got the like the power behind it to pull your fucking head off if he really tries. He's a big man, man. Yeah, Yeah, there's some guys that you know live by the cold. You know, you you square off with the guy. You meet me at center ice. Don't hit a guy when he's down. You fight the tough guys. Those are those are rules that I had. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump a guy. I'm not gonna jump a skilled guy. You know. I'm going to yeah. wait for a guy to be ready. Okay, you ready to go? Okay, let's go. Center ice. Take your helmet off. It's a neutral start. Yeah. And one of the fights that if I jumped, if I got jumped, it, you know, it, it didn't end well. You know, it's not, you, know, you want to get away from the boards, open ice, and do it properly. Do it for the fans. Put on a show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was yeah, the biggest thing for me. From going from you did, bro. Go back go back to the states like i went from lnh and st hyacinth to laredo texas like right on the yeah, Mexican border where there was there was 10 people that were white in that whole city and it was they were on the hockey team <laughs> yeah you know, well, that's exactly everybody was put on the show. yeah yeah that's exactly where i was going but before you get to laredo man i got here that you got an ahl trial yeah i did i went there um, I, I did pretty well too. I thought, you know, I thought they were going to keep me around. Um, there was yeah. an article in the newspaper. I did an interview. They said, you know, hand packs quite a punch. You know, says I had a good shot making the team. Blah blah blah. And then the next day I got cut. The, the article read, you know, hand and nine others get cut from the American League. So yeah, I thought I had a chance. You know, I had a couple other opportunities. You know, that was that, that was one of the ones that you know. I went in, I fought Mike Scroy in Rochester. They wanted me to yeah. fight Muraski, but Muraski, because he was at Syracuse, 
I tried to fight him. He told me to fight Scroy, so I fought Scroy, and then I went back to try to fight Morasti, and he didn't want to fight him because he already had one. And I ended up keeping the guy that fought Morasti over me, who got beat up like four times, and they cut him. So Wow. It was a quick, quick trip, wow. quick cup of coffee, but I mean, it would have been, would have been nicer to be there longer. But I then ended up going to to Laredo there and broke my hand in training camp. <laughs> we go for a while. It's just the way, eh? It, it seems like that would be it. It, it. it is, man, like that you didn't get to play there. Because, like, to me, man, you definitely had the skills to be an AHL guy, especially an AHL fighter. But, like, you, at least you, you did it, though, man. You were there. You know what I mean? You got to go to that level by playing hockey. And um, so, yeah, you are. You're in the Laredo for the CHL. Um, and you fought uh, Lucas Lavelle, who used to be in the queue. Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, I don't really remember that one much. I don't think that was a very good one. But It wasn't yeah, a big he duty at all. No. No, there wasn't, uh, the, the CHL that year, there, there was a few guys, a few tougher guys. You know, it was, it was a different league, different experience for me. So it was more play hockey first, you know, fight if you have to. Yeah, nobody's well, name was, was on the board there. of who you were squaring off with tonight. Yeah, I had to look and see like who had the penalty minutes, and then I was looking looking up the fights and to go from there. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. Um, you got Adam Powell that year. Oh yeah, big Adam Powell. He was a. Uh, I went to camp with him in Corpus my first year there, and went back to him. I had some history with him, and you know, we had a few good goals that year. So games went pretty good. Yeah, um, another one throw right there, Cole King. Oh boy. Tough, tough human being. Yeah. What a, yeah. What, a, what a nail gun. Just an absolute nail gun. Like he was a guy that, you know, he could play the game, play the game hard, play it the right way, and then back it up if he has to. And yeah. if anybody at any time, he was going to go, yeah. And like I think he would be, he was probably one of the toughest guys in the league at that point. If he wasn't the toughest, he was, it's because he was too busy scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a problem. Um, not a problem I had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, no wonder your hands were too fucking sore. Um, exactly. Um. Uh, yeah. Another guy played in the queue. Mark Tobin. Yeah, Mark Tobin. He was in Corpus too, I believe, with Powell. And uh, yeah, we had a couple. Couple of good battles. Me and him. He was, he was a big boy. You know, so was, we had that mutual respect because we played against each other in the key. So yeah, I had that history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now I'm in your '09, your '10 season with the Utah Grizzlies, man. Um, and Liza mentioned this the other, on the show, and I I knew this um, back then. You had a, like an eye injury this year, right? This year you had something going on with your eye. Yeah, so that year, that summer, um, I actually, I was supposed to go to Springfield, uh, Springfield American League camp, and they said, you know, they were, they needed some toughness. They didn't have any toughness in the American League, and, you know, there might be a chance, you know, if I show well, you know, there might be an avenue up to Edmonton if I were to be able to produce and, and do the job. So that summer I took, you know, that was the best summer for myself training-wise. 
was on the ice every day. I was working in a little hockey place at Synthetic Ice. I was on the ice there every day, too. I was in the gym. I was doing Muay Thai with my buddy. You know, I was in the best shape of my life. I was doing the hockey camps at that little hockey place. And I did 10 weeks, and it was the last week on the Thursday. We were playing a game right at the end of the day, and these two kids or you know, six, seven-year-olds are messing around on the bench in, like, the penalty box area, like, in between two. So I, like, reach over to break it up. So as I, like, split them up, one kid's stick comes up and hits me in the side of the face, hits me in, like, the eye area. So I kind of, like, flashed, and I, like, boom, I, like, hit the door a little bit, and I walked out, and, like, my eye kind of puffed up. And then it was uh, a few weeks later, it started, it was like a, a curtain from the bottom left corner that came up, and I was 100% blind in my left eye. Holy so shit. I had to call, I had to call the, the general manager of Springfield and tell him that I was blind, that I was going to have emergency surgery, that I might never see again. I, can't, I might never play hockey again. I'm supposed yeah. to, like, I went to the, I went to the Eye Institute, and I, like, asked the doctor, I'm like, am I ever going to play hockey again? And he was like, oh, you play hockey? And I said, yeah, and he laughed. So I, was like, okay. so I like I was done. I was supposed to never play hockey again, and then I had surgery. I was four weeks laying in bed with my face on a pillow. My I had a pillow under my stomach, laying on my belly, with my ass up in the air, pretty much. And yeah. my mom would get my mom would wake up in the morning. She'd give me my eye drops. She'd go to work. She'd come home. She'd give me my eye drops after work, and then she'd give me my eye drops before she went to bed. And I would stay in bed for four weeks. Holy shit. And then, and then it gradually, like, I woke up one day and, like, I walked out of the room. And I sat up and then I, you know, took a couple steps. And then I walked out of the room and went into the bathroom and I put water on my face. And then I get a migraine and then I go back to bed and I'll be up for the day. And then I walk to, like, the bottom of the stairs and then I get a migraine and then I go back up and I'd be done. And then it just progressed to, like, walk, walk, like, halfway around the block. And then I walk in and my buddy came and picked me up and took me for a drive. And then just gradually got to the point where I got cleared by the doctor and I was told that I could play hockey again. And I was right before Christmas. Oh, amazing. And, like, that was, I made, like, an amazing recovery because of how amazing shape I was in. Because I was, yeah. like, my body, I was in peak physical condition. You know, I was in the best shape ever, you know, just taking care of my body to the max, you know, to have that yeah. surgery and then just basically lay there. So I was able to recover quick and then I was supposed to go back to Rapid City and then in Rapid yeah. City but they ended up winning the championship that year too and they said like okay well we don't have a spot for you now but you know if you can find a team that wants you we'll make a trade for you like we'll trade blah 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 so I didn't know anybody in the league really I couldn't really call anybody I had a buddy yeah. whose agent was down in Utah so I called this guy and he's like yeah I know uh, Utah's looking for a tough guy so I literally packed my car up that day and drove from Ottawa to Utah with one eye. That whole yeah, season that I played that year, like I did not have vision in my eye. Like I could see, but I could not, like I, the big letter at the top, I could not read the big letter at the top after my first surgery. Like I could, like I could see like shadows, I could see a little bit, but I could yeah. not make anything out, out of my left eye. So and now you're packing your year, to drive to Utah to fight. <laughs> oh, dude, I fought, like, some of the toughest guys I've ever fought in my life in that league, in that stint. And, like, I pretty much fought them, essentially, with my left eye closed. Holy so, shit, man, that's not... I fought, I, 
I fought Luke, Luke Gazdick, NHL tough guy. I'm fighting him. He's a righty, and he's throwing punches, and I basically am not seeing any of them coming. Can't see a thing. No. Up from that right, so my left eye is all right punches, right? So I wouldn't see anything coming. So it was, I still did well in all my fights, but somehow managed not to take a beating that whole year. Except yeah. I had a good one with Lizon that I did pretty much the same thing I tried to do with Jimmy Bono, and I hit my head and split it the same exact spot, but just continued. Yeah, Lizon said that in my interview with him. Yeah, he said on top of having the one eye, he said the way that we fell, he fucking hit his head off the ice. Yeah, so it like split where the last, the first one ended from Bono, like split off the end. So it gave it like a nice curvature at the end of Mascara. Um, just adding to it. Um, so yeah, yeah, during this season here, man, with your one eye, um, with your vision, you fight like you said, Luke Adams. I was gonna throw him at you. you fought lies on. You got Adam Huxley on there too, man. Adam Huxley was my first one. He popped my cherry. First fight throat. back. Yeah, that was my first fight back after that surgery. After like months off, like since like oh fuck, since the end of last year. And he get Huxley. And, yeah, Huxley. Zach Huck and I fought uh, Justin Johnson. Fought Another guy I was just going to say, yeah. In Alaska, fought him, beat him twice. He ended up going to the show a couple of years later. Like, yeah. Fought him with one eye. Yeah, that's insane, bro. Like, just fighting these guys alone with your fight card alone, man, so far. Like, we're got in this one. Like, on top of it, having two good eyes. Like, you're doing this shit with one fucking eye, man. Like, that's unreal. Yeah. And then I, I had surgery after that season. Right after the season, the day before Canada today, I had surgery, and well, sorry, two days before, and then the day before Canada today, I went in and like to get my checkup, and like, like even Canada today, I was walking around, I was, I was half in the bag, maybe a little slightly intoxicated, and I was walking up to signs, just street signs, and I was covering my good eye, reading with my bad eye, and I was like crying, hysterical, because I could see again, and I was told I'd never be able to see again. And I was actually able to read and actually see out of my left eye again. Oh, I man, gave the doctor a big hug. Like, oh, yeah, and then from that point, like, the training that I took from all that Muay Thai, like, all the Muay Thai, the boxing stuff, everything that I did that whole summer basically protected me the rest of my career because I was not supposed to fight ever again. They told me I'm not supposed to take a punch. And from that point on, I still played and still gotten how many more fights with killers that I didn't really take any punches. Yeah, yeah. Like, I took the, um, so like, like, just my style, like, well, like, grazes, or, like, the only really one that caught me flush that the big black eye I got was against Morasti, when he, like, yeah. jumped me and, like, didn't square off with me. My first game back, my my last thing. Yeah. So, like, are you, so, like, like, weary of your eye now with this? Like... Like, now that you got your vision back, you're going into, like, so that's the 10, 20, that's the 10 and 11 season. Like, are you, like, when you're going into that and you got your vision back, are you, like, I can't I can't get fucking hit there? Like, is that on your mind a little bit? Try to protect. Like, you were a protective fighter anyway. i never seen you get smacked with a good one besides that Lizon fight. But, like, it's in the back of your mind, like, the last thing I want is a shot there. Well, for sure. And that was, that was pretty much how I fought was, like, I... I was so technical that I wasn't going to get punched. And I was, I was able to prepare for every single fight so that I wouldn't get punched. So I wouldn't yeah. 
Like I would be up, like I would be up every single night before a game. I would be up. I don't even know if I slept at all, to be honest with you. Like before nights before games, I would, I would be up all night watching video, like laying in bed there, just like visualizing. Like if it was nerves, if it was me being ready, if, like if I was scared, who knows? I yeah. was not able to sleep, and then after the like I'd you know be crushing Red Bull or crushing five hour energy wherever I can to try to fight myself up, and you know from that point it was like okay, let's let's just go and try not to. <laughs> Try not to get hit, really. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, man. But like you said, going into these games, man, like it, it, like the fight card you got just up to right now, like it'd be, it'd be fuck if you weren't feeling something, like you know the butterflies in your stomach and all that shit, man. Like it's a, like the people out there don't really know because we haven't lived it like you lived it, but like that's got to be mentally exhausting, day in day and, out, and knowing what the fuck you're about to do. For sure, like for sure, and that's. That's why it was always important for me, I think, to unwind at the end of the season where I would come home and, you know, I wouldn't worry about anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the gym or, you know, just, just do nothing and just let my mind, you know, relax, really. My body yeah. and my mind recover because it was much of a mental grind. Like, like going in and out of the lineup, not knowing if I'm playing on top of if I do play, I have to, the reason I'm playing is, because they have a guy who's six foot six, two hundred and sixty five pounds, who is paid yeah. to fight people, and they want me to go fight them. They want me to be exactly. out there and protect their their team. Really, their their skill guy. Okay, well, if anybody touches our guys, you got to be ready to go. So, yeah, like, I would get traded to teams that were soft that were getting pushed around, and the first thing they would say is like, "Okay, we're playing this team tomorrow, or you know, next game." And this team normally pushes us around and starts in warm up. And I get it warm up, and I'm like, "Fuck, where, where's this tough team?" They don't say a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, oh yeah. Then we get back to the room, and they're like, "Man, that was crazy." They didn't say anything, blah blah blah. Like, and I'm sitting there like, "What the fuck?" Like that was just a normal warm up. But the reality is, they're used to getting bullied, and they're screaming after them, "Oh, you're dead! You're gonna get it!" I'm sitting there yeah. at the red line doing my stretches, and they're like, "Okay, nope, I'm not gonna say anything today." No, that's right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it must be such a weight off. And that's what sucks about you're not seeing so much of it in today's game. Like, the guys like yourself that played that role, man, it's just, like, that, you've probably, you've probably, you've definitely, obviously, you know, because you've seen it because you play with these guys, you've made players better because you were on the team knowing that you were there. Like, look at that weight you took off that shoulders of that team there, you know, that you were just talking about. No shit and warm-up. And they're in there bragging about it. Just something as little as warm-up, you know what I mean? So these guys felt like 10 feet taller now knowing that they had you there. Oh, for sure. But, like, on the, on that note, too, I would always try to start the game with a fight. I would always, my thing was, I would always try to get, like, in warm-up, I would always take two hard laps, line up at the red line, and then challenge their tough guy right away soon as I step on the ice. So he's going to be thinking about it the rest of the warm-up. He, like, half the time, these guys don't even know who the fuck I am. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, you better be ready. I know what you do. And I've watched your videos for fucking three hours last night. And <laughs> yeah. You better be ready to go. And this guy's like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, I know exactly who you are. Yeah. And then I come in the room, and the guys are looking at me, and the coach comes in, you got one? And he looks at me, and I'm fucking taping my wrists, and I got my headphones in, and I'm dialed. And they're like, okay, this guy's got one. And then I start the game. I beat the piss out of this guy. My team's fired up. We go score the next goal right away. And that's yeah. fucking game. 
because we scored that yeah. first goal, we scored that second goal, we don't look back. I might not yeah. put the puck in the net, but I know for a fact I help my teammates put the puck in the net. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I'm there. My presence, uh, you know, like especially later on in my career, hearing, you know, talking to these guys, like, man, like, I don't want to do it. You know, you're here, you're protecting us. You do the job that nobody else wants to do. That's right. You know, I was playing, and I was, I was fighting guys that were just fighting. And that was the yeah. difference with me. I was, I was trying to shed that stereotype, and I was able to play, but it was one of those things that I was like, okay, but you're just here to fight. It's okay, I have a guy to play, you're my guy that's going to fight. Oh, we don't have a guy that can play? Okay, you can play, and when I play, I'm able to play, but until they're able to find somebody to fill that void, you know, I'm just a placeholder, essentially. Okay, yeah. Which sucks. Yeah, that's right, yeah, exactly. It does, man. It does suck, because, like, you could play, hand. You know what I mean? You weren't yeah. you weren't hurting anybody. You know what I mean? So it's not like you had to be worried about there. Like you could play the fucking game too, man. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like everyone's on YouTube seeing the hand fights, but like if you actually watch the game, like I got to see you live, man, and like you you could fucking play. You're a good defenseman. Yeah, thanks, man. I took pride in that. I was like, I was always the guy that was matched against their lines, and then they were trying to match their guys away from me in their rink. You know, it was yeah. I was that hard guy to play against. I was going to finish my check every single time you're coming down the wing. Cutting through the middle, you better have your head up because I'm taking your fucking head off. Exactly, and yeah. And if you have something and else, I was looking to go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like you were the total package, man. You know what I mean? For the yeah. Like you had it all. You had a little bit of a flavor in you, man. And that made a good, you made a good hockey player. Um, Just like missing the size. What's that? Just missing the size. Oh, could you imagine you were about 6'2"? <laughs> I, I, like I'm six just saying, I'm 6'2". If I was like 6'4", like, oh, you're I'd, be, big. I'd still be playing. Yeah, six, big spots. Still fighting Bill Mayer on the weekend. Oh, I don't know about that. I'd probably be in the show. If I was 6'4", yeah. I'd, I'd still be playing in the show for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you're ten, tw- uh 2010 and 11, man, you bounced between the CHL and the SPHL. Yeah, that was, uh, I went from Wichita to Alabama, Huntsville, and then back up. Yeah. That was an interesting year. I mean, with Wichita, um, that was with Lizon, too. Yeah. So that was the year. It, it was tough. I mean, going down, and then you know, I was the man in the SP, and yeah. then I finished the year in Allen and got called back up because I had a I had a buddy that he was a big physical defenseman, and he had gotten a fight, and he calls me and he goes, "Man, like I just got in a fight, and I really, really don't want to fight." So I told my coach that, "Hey, I know a guy that can fight, so we're gonna call him up." Yeah, I know just the and guy. I should. I shit you not, that was the conversation. So I got a call and I went up. My buddy Scott Langdon, still a buddy to this day, is a guy who's one of the toughest defensemen to play against. He was going to take your fucking head off. Big, strong, physical defenseman. That yeah, you know he just he just didn't want to fight. I and mean, some guys don't have it in. He could he could defend himself, but he just didn't want to. You know he just, yeah, he just wasn't his for him. And, yeah, he, he'd fight guys if he knew he could beat them up. But if he was a big tough guy like. That's not for him. That's for me. <laughs> that's my job. Yeah. That's yeah. Um. Uh, 
Now, I think it's in this league here, man. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I, I've seen this the long ago, and I've seen it today, and I had to ask you about it. You fought before the game even started with Brett Kluge at, like, the fucking National Anthem or something, didn't you? So that was that was the following year. So because okay. I finished that year in Allen, so I went back to Allen the next year, started there, and they had signed Brett Cloutier. So he came in yeah. from Rio Grande. So they traded me to Fort Worth, which is just on the other side of Dallas. Like, Allen to Fort Worth is very close. So they had all the money in the world. We had nothing. So they bullied us all year, beat us all year. We played them in the playoffs. And we lost the first two games there. And then I got in a fight with Coots game two. Almost one punched him, but like that was almost the turning point of the playoffs. And then we ended up, uh, came back home the next game. The ceremonial face-off, they rolled out the red carpet, and I went in, took the face-off, and they sent uh, Nick Layton in to take the draw. And he puts his stick down, and I whacked his stick. So he puts his stick down again, and I whack his stick again, and I give him, a, like, a mean mug. So he just kind of, like, puts his stick up at his waist and kind of, like, whips it up and then, like, smiles for the picture, and the picture's me with my stick down, like, ha motherfucker, and then he's yeah. not doing the face-off, right? So yeah. the next game, we, we ended up winning that game. So then the next game, we, uh, before the game, as I'm put my shit on to go out, TJ Fox beside me he says, fuck, I wonder what happens if you fight in a ceremonial face-off. I guess we're going to find out. I go out, and like, after <laughs> I'll be right back. Around. Yeah, so we end up, red carpet goes out, and like, as they're like, saying like, okay, somebody's sending your player for the ceremonial, like, everybody on my team is like, yeah, 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 go, go, go. So I'm, I'm thinking of jokes as I go towards it, and then I look at their bench, and their bench, the coach runs down the bench and kicks Kluitz. So Kluitz hops over, and he starts skating towards starts skating towards the, the carpet, and he's looking at me, and he's going, you motherfucker, you better not do it. Don't fucking think about it, Andy. Don't even fucking think about it. Don't even. So as he gets closer, I just have the biggest shit-eating grin on my face. He gets close, he lines up on the other side, and I just baseball swung him, and I hit him, <laughs> and I drop my gloves, and I do start going at it rest them in, break it up, and we get, we get put in the box. We get two minutes each, so we start the game four on four. And, like, I wear one contact at this point, I, only in my good eye. So, yeah. I, like, so he ends up eye-gouging me, so I'm trying to fix my contact. So this lady has her mirror up against the glass, and I'm fixing my contact in the glass. Meanwhile, he is screaming at me from the other penalty box. Screaming bloody murder! I'm gonna fucking kill you! You disrespected the game, you piece of shit! Fuck you! Blah blah blah. So I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm fixing my contact. I'm looking at the clock. The time runs out. I just left my shit on the floor. I hopped out in the hopped out on the ice. I fought him, and then just went right back in the penalty box, and he was losing his shit still. But you know, coming <laughs> he was back, still he was, freaking out. Oh my god, he was so mad. So we ended up getting fined. Like, it was like 500 bucks or something. We ended up winning the series, coming back and beating them. And, like, it was it, it was on SportsCenter. It was on the Not So Top Ten. It was on, like, it was on Puck Daddy. It was all over the place that somebody actually yeah. fought in the ceremonial face-off. And, like, that was hilarious because, like, I coach kids now, and they're like, 
Did you actually fight? I'm like, uh, yeah, actually. The only person who yeah. fight in a ceremonial face-off. You are. I mean, I've never seen it again. Like, I've never yeah. I've never seen that. When I watched it the first time, I was like, holy fuck, look. <laughs> couldn't wait. <laughs> couldn't wait. Yeah. That's what it was, man. And this turning point, they couldn't even look. The coach couldn't even look at me in the face in the, in the handshake when he beat them. Oh, that's unreal. And, yeah, they ended up winning in the next, like, fucking six years after that. They won the last few years of the Central League, and then they won when they merged at the coast. So I was oh, really? For, for years, I was, like, their, their last playoff loss was against me until they won, <laughs> until they lost again. But. <laughs> and that concludes my episode of Part 1 with Ryan Hand. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I just want to say uh, to you guys, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, you know. Send a friend request, talk to me, whatever it is you guys want me to touch on or talk about. I'm always open for business, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your rest of your week, and I'll see you here next time on Five in a Game. And this is what I'm concerned about down the stretch. This could get out of hand. The fans love it. But boy, oh boy, the two coaches have to be careful in a situation like this. It could get ugly. It really could get ugly. You don't want things like this to get out of hand. 